Hi, my name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. I am chatting to you on a fairly depressing day. Uh, this is also why I'm chatting to you uh, now this evening. And I'm being joined on the other side there by Dr. David Klatso. Uh, we're talking about um, farm, farm murders, farm attacks. Um, we all know what happened today or the last couple days uh we had a very unfortunate incident hey david from very farmer uh, or potential farmer being tortured and hung by his neck yeah we we're entering into a new dark age i'm afraid and i use that in the classical sense of the word um the the increase in the level of brutality on farms uh, against the farmers, not linked only to white farmers, but to everybody, um, is just too concerning for words. The uh, diminishment in the number of farmers from the time of uh, 1994 uh, uh, to now, the total number of commercial farmers has dropped from about 120, 130,000 down to about 30,000. And that's very concerning because bear it in mind, these are the people who are going to uh, provide food for the nation. You're not going to feed the nation on subsistence farming. And that we've, we've seen. I mean, we watched Zimbabwe go from a very productive country to holding out a begging bowl and asking for international aid to, to feed the population who are busy starving. So if we're not going to go down that same route, we've got to cease this nonsense that's going on at the moment about killing farmers and driving them off the land. The ANC have got an enormous amount of land, and unfortunately, uh, it would appear that that land which they've given back uh, to the nation um, has been converted from productive estates uh, to fallow ground. I mean, we only have to think of Zebedila, which is one of the largest citrus estates in the world, which is now not producing a single orange. And I recently, in the last few years, spoke to a colleague of mine who is a man tasked with uh, measuring land and advice on land to the government. And uh, I shan't mention his name, but he indicated to me that of all the farms that have been given back, 95% uh, of them have reverted to fallow. Uh, in exactly the same way, I came back from a lecture tour in the Drakensberg and my driver pointed out the farms along the way which were derelict, where the pumping equipment was uh, rusted and broken, uh, when the tractors were not working, where the lands were full of weeds. That was all productive land in uh, the Natal Midlands, which is now non-productive, and that is very, very, very concerning. So what one has to do is one needs to look very carefully at what is happening and why the farmers are being driven off the land and why they're choosing to go elsewhere. And I'm afraid that the powers that be are not filling me with anything that even vaguely approaches confidence. For Mr. Ramaphosa to claim that he doesn't know about these things tells me that he's either complicit or he's not all that smart, or he's not all that informed, or he's not all that honest. So one of one of one of those has got to apply because he must know about it for him to come out mm. uh, last uh, in 2018 and say he's unaware of it. Really means that he doesn't have a handle on the on the grip and the the behaviour of the minister of police, Mr. Chelly, uh, at Norman Dean a week or ten days ago, is unacceptable beyond belief. It it. It was so aggressive that it really, I'm having great difficulty, as I've said before, not regarding his behavior as signaling that he's complicit in what is going on. Now, yeah. I, I firmly believe that, that this, could be, this could be sorted out relatively quickly and relatively painlessly. The first thing that one needs to do is one needs to go back to what Mrs. Coda Barnard has been saying, namely that one needs to have this declared a priority crime. And it is a priority crime. Let's not get confused for one moment, because when everybody is starving, you'll realize that uh, it, one thing declaring cash in transit a, prompt, uh, a, a priority crime, but 
you can't eat cash. And we need the farmers to be there and the priority crime needs to be providing proper services by the police for these beleaguered farmers. The second thing which one needs to do is one needs to reintroduce into the police force uh, uh, specialized units to investigate this. Those units were disbanded um, some years ago um, by our disgraced previous cop, Jackie Celebi, into ALIA. And uh, the, 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 the ability of the police to actually have specialized units to deal with this problem is now totally diluted beyond any usefulness. The third thing is that one needs to engage the uh, the the, um, the the involve one needs to get involvement from the farming communities, and we need to provide them with the wherewithal. There need to be very rapid response units. There needs to be a system of radio control uh, so that you can call up a rapid response unit and seal off a particular area should you need to do so, and one needs to be able to put. Uh, measures in place whereby people can't just drive out of an area where there's been a farm attack. They need to go through roadblocks. And those can be set up very quickly if if mm. the right uh, political will is there. But the political will is not there. And that is why I'm seeing more and more and more what I consider to be a government policy which is being exposed in the farm attacks and which which follows the ANC narrative which has been going on for some time, which is to drive uh, the farmers off the land and to place that land in the hands of a communist minority uh, who are going to make certain that everybody is equal, but equal in misery. David, um, obviously our conversation right now is triggered by uh, the very gruesome death of Brendan Horner. Um, it was obviously a hate crime and i think anybody trying to state otherwise um is is being naive and i think disingenuous um we don't need to speak about uh, mr horner uh specifically but the 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 tragedy that is this the spate of farm attacks that's never ending it's relentless um it's being ignored as you said uh the president said what two years ago that South African farmers aren't being killed. Becky Chele uh, basically told farmers to shut up and stop whining. The scorpions, I beg your pardon, not scorpions, uh, the commandos were disbanded. The media hate farmers. It, 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 it feels like the farmers are the enemy. Well, they're not, of course. They're the people who will, who will keep the home fires burning. Um, and one's got to realize that the economy is going to grind to a halt if you don't have farmers who produce valuable uh, um, foreign currency by exports and who uh, are able to supply the nation's food requirements. Um, you know, if, we, if we're looking forward to a time where you queue around the block in order to buy the last loaf of bread, that time may well be within striking distance. And um, my, my concern is that the, you, you don't actually have to say as a government, go ahead and kill the farmer. You've got to make a tacit approval by doing nothing. And that tacit approval has been going on for a long time. And people who do nothing cannot for one moment claim anything other than to be complicit in the crimes that are being committed. Um, that's, that's where the problem lies. And, you know, if one goes back to Thomas a Becket, uh, the murder in the cathedral, the king didn't have to say to the knights, go and kill Thomas a Becket. All he had to do was say, who will rid me of this turbulent knight mm. and uh, this turbulent priest? And people took that as, a, as an encouragement to go and do exactly that and go and stab him in his own cathedral. Now, that's exactly what's happening here. And the, 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 the left of the ANC um, is uh, these black, land, uh, black lands first and the, the, the poisonous and toxic rhetoric which is coming out of their mouths is very, very concerning. 
more so because nothing is done about it except mm. a tacit approval from the government and from the police minister. So until somebody does something about it, and, and I must say, the, the scenes unf unfolding in Senegal today are disturbing, and also the fake news that is coming out of Senegal. Oh, no, it's um, terrible. The News24 it would, it have would completely that, lied. Yeah, that News24 is broadcasting that the farmers were firing shots. I'm not sure if that is correct. I think it's probably untrue from the... From the eyewitness accounts that I've been getting from people on the ground, that is not what happened. It may well be that a policeman fired warning shots. But again, you've got farmers who've now reached the end of their tether, who rattled the the Casper as it was driving out, and who overturned a police car, with which I don't approve. I must tell you that violence doesn't do anything. But the farmers are pushed. And one only has to go back and look at what was happening a few years ago on the university campus in Cape mm -hmm. Town, where cars were burnt, university vehicles were burnt, excrement was thrown all over the university, uh, paintings from the residences were taken out and burnt, um, the students were intimidated in coming to work. This is not the way to do things. Violence is not the answer. Yeah, but okay, so without, without going into the details, um I've I've got it on fairly good authority that the the chronology um, of events that transpired led to the farmers retaliating uh, to threats. Now, obviously, this is just speculation, so uh, that's why I'm saying uh, we can we can probably assume that meet, that News Twenty Four got it wrong. Um, but farmers don't normally just randomly throw over vehicles and and shoot and whatever else. You know, yeah. uh, there was definitely some kind of conflict that uh, transpired. Yeah, Jim, one's got to be very careful that there aren't agents provocateurs mm. uh, that are starting to play a role. Look, it plays a role from the other side. There, people are bust in with with divergent political views and, yeah. and, and much more extreme political views, and it may very well be that you've got agents provocateurs. Uh, that are playing a role in this particular thing because that is unusual for farmers to do yeah. that. They're, they're normally a fairly peaceful lot. Um, so uh, I'm concerned about that. But again, one needs to say that's unacceptable behavior. You'd, the police vehicles are vehicles paid for by taxpayers' money. And mm. they are there to do a job of work. And the police are complaining all along that they are short of equipment and vehicles and, and wherewithal. Uh, destroying them is not helping. And you know it it's it's it it's it's like a cancer spreading its tentacles everywhere, it's not only on the farms mm. I mean you must be concerned about the destruction of railway infrastructure yes now that, uh, that also has a knock on effect the David, farms have a knock on effect when you and I spoke earlier uh this evening uh you gave me some uh, some bullet points of what you think can be done to slow down this attack or even stop farm attacks. Would you mind going into those a little bit? Well, we need we need to go and look at how one could possibly stop this. And it needs to be a little more proactive than it is at the moment. At the moment, we have a situation which is largely reactive. So if one had a situation where you supplied the farmers with the right equipment, you made certain that there were rapid response teams and the farmers can participate in this. There can be um, men who come onto the farms as security or in the area as security uh, personnel who can perform a rapid response function. So if there's a farm attack, one needs to have an alarm system. There used to be citizen band radios. It's become much more sophisticated nowadays that people can communicate with each other with cell phones and what have you. And one needs to be able to seal off the area. And that, again, is not difficult. There are ways of preventing vehicles from breaking through roadblocks. One sets up roadblocks, and one makes certain that the area is combed. And if you start to catch the perpetrators and make certain that they are brought before the courts and the courts are functioning properly, as there seems to be a bit of a break in the logjam now, uh, I, have, I have some hopes that the NPA are going to actually be doing something useful after two years of Shamila Batoy doing not a lot that was certainly visible. But if there is that ability to isolate the area, to bring into play a rapid SWAT group, 
to have properly armed people, to have proper police um, uh, patrols available, to declare it a priority crime, to make certain that the government is behind this dreadful uh, blot on our national history, then I see a possibility of slowing it down for the beginning and stopping it if, if enough people are dissuaded or who realize that there is a good chance of being caught. Uh, at the moment, they are they are absolutely uh, happy in the, in the in the idea that they are unlikely to be caught, and if they are caught, a, a prosecution system is not going to do anything to them. So you know, I mean, if you look at if you look at the uh, the the some of the big fish, I mean, the uh, this fellow Panday down in Natal, and and he tried to destroy Johan Boysen. I mean, that was a, a vicious mm. and and damaging attack on the system um, by people who who appear to be or uh, certainly appear to have a lot to answer for. And one's got to be very careful of uh, being too complacent about it. I mean, it's taken that nearly 10 years to come to court. Um, The same is true of the destruction of the, uh, or the capacity, destruction of capacity at the nation's forensic laboratories. Mm. I mean, there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands behind on their DNA. And senior members are telling the court of the police are telling the courts that there is no test kits available. There are stations without rape kits. I mean, there is there is such a generalized breakdown in what we consider consider civilized behavior that it really is, um, to me, uh, the signs of an approaching apocalypse. That's that's what yeah. I'm frightened. Of. Okay. Well, so. Let me just quickly summarize what you said there. So basically, a return to some sort of commander system, a rapid a rapid response unit, uh, perhaps Correct. not, perhaps it's private, not not uh, state driven because the state's pretty useless. Well, it would probably have to be private because the state has shown no inclination to do anything. Mm. But there needs to be some government buy-in to allow these private units to work. The commander system used to work quite well, and it 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 has a number of advantages, not least of which is that the men are protecting their home their homes and hearths, mm. and not only that, they are men who know the area intimately. That's always helpful to have people who know exactly what's going on. And, and one of the things during the Second World War is the French resistance was done by men who knew the area better than the invading Germans. Now. That could be done with not a lot of money and not a lot of difficulty uh, in our farming areas. And I, I used to have a small farm near Kralingstadt, and just going on the Kralingstadt model, Kralingstadt is near Heidelberg um, uh, in, in the eastern Transvaal, and on the way to Standerton, as it were. Um, and that area had roads which, which were not difficult to block off. So you could, if 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 there was a, a a warning that there was a farm attack going on or that it happened, it would be possible within five or eight or ten kilometers to block off all the roads leading to that farm. Now, people trying to escape going across land would be immediately at a disadvantage. And if the farmers were provided, for instance, with infrared night sights and night vision equipment, they could easily visualize these people if if some air support were made available that would that would also be very helpful to to try and track down these people who are doing it but the secret is to catch the culprits and to make certain that they are dealt with properly by means of the due process of law Um, any kind of extrajudicial process is not good it is not it is not a, a harbinger of of a great future when you have people taking the law into their own hands. Yeah, we. we sorry. No, I was saying that the the uh, commanders were allowed to make arrests because they worked in conjunction with the police. So correct. But now, if you catch people on your farm, you aren't allowed to make an arrest. Well, you see, it's it it goes back to the other problem. The other problem that I have is that the way the law has gone. Uh, leaves me feeling uncomfortable. Um, And I'll tell you why I say that. Mm. 
in an emergency situation, and I, let, let's go to a, a home invader for a moment. If there is an emergency situation in your home and you are armed, what do you do when somebody is breaking through your door? When do you get to that area where you can take proper, proper definitive action? Now, remember that you are always at the disadvantage having to respond. The attacker is always at an advantage in that he knows what he's doing, he knows where he's doing it, and he has the drop on you, as it were. If you've got to wait for him to break through your door and become an, a, an imminent problem in your life, threatening your, 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 life, your life imminently, it places you at a disadvantage. If you've got to think to yourself before you shoot, sorry, I, I, do I shoot or don't I shoot? By which time you've lost the advantage. Now, exactly the same way is that on farms, one's got to be able to arrest these people. That must be changed. And one should be able, obviously, you don't want to have violence and you don't want to have the farmers taking the law into their own hands, which is a danger. But, but if something is being done and if there's a rapid police response so that you don't wait until the next day before the police pitch up eventually and say, hello, um, and you don't have the minister going down and becoming aggressive to farmers whose livelihoods are being destroyed like was happening at Norman Dean in Natal, northern Natal. If you have people who actually take the matter seriously, I think that you will see a very positive response from the farming community and you will see a drop in, the, in, in, in what's going on. And the, the other concerning thing, Jim, is this is that many of these attacks seem no longer to be associated with major theft. Okay. The, the killing of this young lad in the last couple of days was unnecessary. It was not involved. There was no theft involved. The murder of an Indian farmer a little while ago where only a cell phone was taken, it, it really, really is not indication that these are people thieving. This has got more of a political ideology driving it. These and are hate crimes. I could, I, well, it's a political ideology which mm. drives hate crime. And one's got to ask what that political ideology is. And by the way, it's sweeping the world. There's a lot of this stuff going on in America. This whole yeah. uh, Black Lives Matter story in America is very dangerous. I think Black Lives Matter is a, a frankly Marxist organization mm. uh, that is sailing under a false flag. And one's got to be very dangerous. Yeah, and, no, and no, I agree with you. Very concerned about it. But the problem, David, um, is that farmers don't know when they're going to be attacked and they don't know who because it's not it's not some centralized um, or orchestrated gang. It seems to be random people who don't know one another. Well, it, more than that, more concerning that is that there seems to be some indication that that people who know the farm and know that are familiar to the farm and who know the farm might be involved in these attacks mm. so you know that is very concerning so you you have the situation that where you have the enemy within um and uh, that is always in civil in civil conflicts the most difficult thing to deal with um had had this government put in place some kind of sensible way of putting the country back on its feet, of utilizing the resources which, with which they were bequeathed in 94 and making proper use of those, uh, we may be seeing a different South Africa. But in fact, all that has happened is those fat fellows at the top have grasped whatever they can. They don't pay their staff. They're far worse employers than ever was present under the apartheid rule. And they are just destroying everything and leaving ruin in, 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 in their tracks. Now, that cannot be allowed to happen, not if you want to have a functioning country in the mm. next few years. And we're seeing, we're seeing strange little things like the thin end of the wedge. This home invasion in, in, uh, on, on the Atlantic, uh, the, uh, Atlantic coast um, in Cape Town, where a, a high, high end uh, guest house was invaded for a couple of weeks. That's unacceptable. Yeah. I mean, the, the owners were very civilized in bringing a court application to get them out. But I see that as the as the thin end of the wedge.
Mm. And that's going to make a, a major difference with property prices and property value. I see that the number of, of uh, I can only speak for Cape Town and uh, reports that I've been getting from Simonstown, is that the number of home invasions has gone up dramatically. Yeah. Uh, so uh, unless people start to take that seriously, um, and I see Cape Town as well, uh, because it is one of the, the few areas in the country which is being properly run, and there again it's because it isn't under ANC control, I think that Cape Town is facing major problems because home invasion, land invasion, is taking up an, a large amount of resources. Yeah, so, and an, and another thing is that the government seems to almost, almost be encouraging this kind of thing. I mean, by by playing with words... You know, when when the EFF talk about or sing about killing the farmer, they say, oh, it's just metaphorical. It's it's poetry. No, it's, it's not poetry. The word is father to the deed. And the the EFF know nothing about the poetry of calling for one farmer, one bullet. And Mr. Zuma himself knows nothing about poetry when calling for his machine gun and making the, 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 the onomatopoeic noises that are made by an automatic weapon. It's, it's a disgrace that the, the head of a state could behave in such a reprehensible way. It's unacceptable beyond any telling thereof. And not only that, mm. there, are, there are new uh, definitions which themselves are totally, totally illogical. I mean, I was I was told by a a journalist who used to work for Newsweek, uh, Mark Thomas, that that blacks can't be racist. What absolute nonsense! There is so much racism going on in South Africa at the moment, black on white racism, that it's not funny. There is no reason whatsoever why anybody who uses skin color as a means of delineating people and using identity politics as a means of of judging your worth that is the most racist thing that i can possibly think of yeah i mean i i refuse to be held accountable for crimes which i didn't commit for which i didn't benefit i can't help it by being born into having a decent education but during my time in south africa i used that education to try and help the underprivileged i did many cases and by the way i acted for uh, the ANC, I was well briefed by the ANC, well briefed in the fact that they brought their problems to me, but they never ever paid their accounts, interestingly enough. And I, if you read, if you read the, uh, the foreword to my book, it was written by no, my book, Steeped in Blood, it was written by none other than George Bezos, the late, great George Bezos. And George, George and I worked on cases where they knew they could trust me. When, when Nelson Mandela felt or thought that he was being taped or secretly uh, bugged by his former colleagues in the ANC, who did they come to? They couldn't go to other people and get the, the housework. They came to me and I had to hire equipment to go and assist mm. in looking as to whether there were bugs in, 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 in Nelson Mandela's house in, 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 uh, in Houghton. Now, the point that I'm making is that, yes, I did benefit, not through any fault of my own, but I, I certainly benefited. I went to a, a church school, and I refuse to be rated as a racist by people who did not do what I did during that period of time. I, I worked very hard, and you can, you can go and look mm. at the newspaper reports of the day um, that... that I was the turn-to man for most of the, the time when they needed forensic help because there was nobody else. So identity politics is yeah. part of this postmodern nonsense, yes. which is, part of, is, is, is destroying everything as well. But again, it's, it's another ship flying under a false flag. It's another Marxist. Postmodernist, by the way, is neo-Marxist. Oh, yeah, for and sure. It's, it's it's flying under all sorts of false flags, of which they claim compassion is one of them. The, none of the Marxist regimes have ever indicated an iota of compassion to the people uh, whose livelihoods they've taken over. And there's not a single single Marxist 
regime in the past century which has produced anything but piles of dead people. Yeah, but I mean, David, you have to think of Mao, and you only have to think of Pol Pot. And by the way, Pol mm. Pot was the, the 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 perpetrators of the of those massacres were trained leftist people with PhDs from the Sorbonne University. They were postmodernist Marxists. But I mean, coming back to the farmers, um, we were talking about having rapid response units talking about night vision uh perhaps drones same the same sort of strategies one might use for rhino poachers yes absolutely right you could you could apply all of that to to the farm murders um and by the way you need to ask what role the anc and the government are playing in 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 the rhino poaching that's another question. And in the Perlamun poaching, I mean, ANC vehicles have been seen, together with police vehicles, escorting the poachers out of the out of the the harbour areas where where Perlamun were poached. And it's part again of the drug problem. They're all linked. The uh, the importation of drug materials uh, is linked to Perlamun poaching. So. You know, there is there is no sensible response being done to any of this. There's only complicity from the government, the government mm. agencies, and a terrible, terrible dereliction of duty by the people who should know better. Well, Shelley should hang his head in shame for his behaviour at Normandy the other day. But now, David, it it doesn't appear to be the case that the government is going to do a one eighty anytime soon it seems to be doubling down consistently so with that in mind it would it would appear that farmers do need to take matters into sort of private hands um what do you think should be done if uh strange suspects are found on farms well i think that i i think that it is always open to you to make a citizen's arrest Hmm. If if there's evidence that somebody has committed a crime on your farm, you're entitled to make a decision's arrest. Hmm. If that person runs away, you should have a rapid enough response from the police to be able to follow them and track them down. What you're not allowed to do is shoot them. Now, unless, of course, they are armed and they start shooting at you. But again, your difficulty is this, is that under those circumstances, you're always at a disadvantage. Mm. If you've got to wait for the man opposite you to fire the first shot or to become such a danger that your life is in imminent threat, it puts you at a disadvantage. So I don't know what the answer is, is to that. I really don't know what the answer is to that. But they need to tighten up the laws and they need they need to understand that it it has the potential for national disaster. But again, they, they blithely go on and talk about the National Democratic Revolution. They blithely go on and talk about bringing in investment from overseas while talking about expropriation without compensation. Mm. They blithely talk about nationalizing the Reserve Bank. They blithely go on talking about spending money which will never work in producing this uh, health system which they've been sh they've they've shown utterly incapable of managing even on a small level. And just so, to yeah. just to point out I don't something know where here. You go. Just to point out something, David, because this is a criticism that is often uh, thrown at uh, this kind of conversation. They'll say, "Oh, you're focusing on farmers uh, because they're white. Farm no. workers are also attacked." Let's just understand no. this. That's not what I'm focusing on because. That the, the the atrocities on farms go across the color board. They they are not limited to whites. The whites get a, a, a slightly more press, but the uh, I mean I saw I saw a headline where a f the headline was farmer farmer beats worker to death. Well, it turned out that the farmer who was doing the beating was uh, was a black farmer. Mm. Okay. Now the point is that color must come out of this. You can't afford to lose a single farmer more. 
And unless something is done about it, I can tell you now, the queues will stretch around the block to buy the last loaf of bread. Yeah, but that and you can, but that statement something must be done about it um, is is kind of an empty statement if if you don't mind me saying. It is an empty statement, and unless unless the tools are put in place mm. to enable the farmers to protect themselves, unless there are massive subsidies for putting up early warning systems, unless there are massive subsidies for allowing the farmers uh, the legal leeway to arrest potential suspects on their farms. That's it. You you you're going to lose your farmers. What about those things have got to be done, and they've got to be done now. What about curfews in farm areas, David? Yeah, I discussed this earlier with a leading uh, person in the in the world that we're talking about, uh, and there was the feeling that curfews had a problem with taking the country too far back to the apartheid era. I personally don't agree with that. I think that a dawn-to-dusk curfew uh, with um, some kind of limitation... I mean, we've had curfews with COVID. So I don't see any reason why you can't have curfews here. And uh, whoever is committing the deed needs to come to your to your, your, your blocking point. You need to travel through a roadblock and say, why are you there? Where are you there? And excuse me, there seems to be a farm attack which has happened 15 minutes down the road from you. Would you mind stepping out of your car while we can just uh, suss you out and find out if you are genuine, the genuine article? Yeah, I, don't, and, I don't see that that is a major problem. And of course, but we're I talking don't think about... that's going to be popular. No, sure, but we are talking about farm areas and specific hotspots. We're not talking about cities in general. No, no, I'm talking about farm areas. Look, mm. you could you could easily put the farm areas under a reasonable curfew. And 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 then you want to know you need you need patrols. You yeah. need people who are out on the roads in those farm areas who say, "Excuse me, please stop very politely." Uh, would you mind telling me where you're going and why you're out so late and uh, why you're breaking the curfew? And if there isn't an adequate response, I mean, the police are perfectly happy to take some poor fellow who's drinking mm. a beer on his property and beat the living daylights out of him until he died uh, in Cape Town the other day. Um, that didn't seem to excite much response from the, the Black Lives Matter people. Um, and uh, the the point is that this is in everybody's interest. This is not only in white farmers' interest. And if you think that turning the country back into a subsistence farming exercise is going to be beneficial to the people, the poorest of the poor in the country, you've got another thing coming. Do you think, David, um, having perhaps a military presence on some uh, hotspot farm areas could uh, could be a good thing? You know, the problem with talking about a hotspot is that a hotspot can move at the drop of, at the drop of a hat. Um, and um, the the whole difficulty is you need to regain to some degree the element of surprise and what you need to have is uh, random patrols uh, in areas because uh, you can never predict which is going to be a hotspot. Our borders are so porous particularly with uh, the ministers providing substandard uh, uh, fencing and what have you, and 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 probably uh, uh, dishonest border uh, patrols and dishonest border uh, officials. Um, the the level of xenophobia on truck drivers and others coming into the country is another big problem. But it's all part of the same problem. It's a breakdown of law and order, and it's a breakdown of our court system. And until that is sorted out, we need to do something fundamental. And the suggestions which I've made, curfew, a curfew, I think, would help. And it doesn't have to be a permanent curfew. Mm-hmm. It has to be a curfew until people understand that if you step out of line, you're going to get caught. And that's the biggest, the biggest deterrent that I can think of. I mean, one could be one could be absolutely crazy and suggest violent means of doing it. That's not the answer. That's not. Let me read you. To, to go back to being civilized country. No, sure. Let me read you what uh, 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 his name is Tarantino says. Uh, I walk across my farm every day. I fix the fence, and the next day it's cut. 
and there's no recourse. No. And you see, the problem that the farmers in Normandine were having was that the, the local communities were cutting down their fences and driving their cattle onto ploughed, cultivated lands. Now, you can't have that. It's extraordinarily expensive to put a land under cultivation. I mean, just the cost per hectare is astronomical. And once you've got people who can uh, obliterate your livelihood by driving their cattle on, for which they haven't paid, they haven't paid you to, to use your land. Uh, and of course, their argument will be that it's not your land. But as it stands, there are laws, there are title deeds, there is some level of civilization which still pertains or should pertain. Private ownership of property is still part of our country law and legal system. Uh, what next? I mean, what happens if somebody walks onto my house that I've bought and paid for um, uh, in, in, in the suburb and says, sorry, uh, I, I, want, I want to move my family in here. Mm. What do I do? And, and, you know, the other thing about it, which people don't realize, there's another knock-on effect. I mean, some clown in the bank said that even if your land if your land is taken over, you're still responsible for the bond and the bank payments on it. Yeah. He's crazy. How do, you, how do you do that? You may have entered into a contract with the bank, but if, if, if the situation changes to the extent where your land is taken from you with the acquiescence of the government, the banks can't expect you to pay it back. They're crazy. That they, mm. they must they go to the government and say, "Listen, you're going to destroy the banking system." And I I can tell you now that if somebody walked in and took my house, I would not pay back my bond. Crazy. I wouldn't. I would. It's the first thing I default on. With reference to our uh, talking point earlier about uh, poetry and um, idioms and killing and all that sort of thing, someone said here uh, that you must realize that, that our understanding is from a European uh, perspective and not from an African perspective, and that uh, you mustn't, David, conflate the two. I'm not conflating the two, because I notice, I notice that whenever anybody says that, it's usually people who wear Armani suits, it's often people who have Breitling watches, mm. it's often people who drink Johnny Walker, Johnny Walker Blue, Often with uh, cold, with with sort of mixes and things like uh, like Fanta, um, yeah, I, I don't conflate the two at all. I'm saying that the country needs to get themselves together to make a future for everybody. Equality of misery is not an op not an option that I that I would welcome. I think that the resources of the country and and Nelson Mandela put it well. He said, "We've inherited a rich country." And if those resources are properly used for the benefit of everybody, I could associate with that no, with no difficulty whatsoever. And I'm not conflating the two at mm. all. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, uh, I, I think it, it's that's, not uh, white farmers' interest. It's the country's interest that mm. are at stake. Yeah, and I mean, also, I don't understand why there needs to be so much aggression in in these songs and and chants and things you know the 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 obsession with death and killing and murder you know it's 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 well, pretty gruesome you've, you've got to look yeah look look back at what's been happening further north mm. look what look what happened in burundi okay and the murder of the hutus and the tutsis uh that was rwanda i uh, sorry rwanda mm. uh, the murder of the hutus and the tutsis i mean that was preceded by a denigration of, of the population group that you wanted to eventually kill. Quite correct. Cockroaches, etc. And by the, by the way, the use of the word cockroach to describe various population groups in South Africa is not unknown. Mm. That, that is also racist and exceptionally reprehensible. So, you know, this kind mm. of gratuitous insult is unacceptable. And, and you've, got, you've got the far left making real hate speech and I don't, I don't, uh, I don't justify what Penny Sparrow did. She was a foolish old lady who should have known better. Mm. But the the level of legal aggression towards her was unbelievable. If you compare it to the the lack of legal response 
to some of the other far more heinous statements that have been made. Yeah. So, you know, again, justice, what is justice? Justice is equality before the law. And and if there are some people, uh, because of their political uh, connections uh, or their skin color, who get a different kind of justice, it was equally wrong in the in the years in the years when I was growing up. A black man got no justice from our courts, mm. but with the advent of '94 and Mandela, one hoped that that would turn around, and one would hope that people would realize that two wrongs don't make a right. That's the that's the problem is that we we've, we've gone back to pre pre Favutian well not pre Favutian mm. certainly Favutian kind of attitudes towards uh, the population in South Africa. I just want to summarize as we sort of come into the last few minutes uh, some things that you were saying so that I I can make sure that I've got it right. You you spoke about um, rapid response units uh, possibly. Uh, private as 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 a more effective strategy as well as the it was the first thing you mentioned if i if i if i got it correct right well oh, that that is in the event that is in the event that the police don't get the act together and produce police rapid response units something similar but, to the commandos. but again but again there's a there's a there's a concern that the police are not un, entirely unsympathetic towards these farmers mm, mm. that's a concern I've I've been watching situations unfold in, in Cape Town where people were caught red-handed and the policemen from the Claremont Police Station refused to arrest them. Red-handed, mm. they were caught. And he refused to open a case, refused to arrest them. And by the way, there are lots of cases where the, the police uh, officers on duty refuse to open cases. Um, what was something else you said? goes across the board. You mentioned, mm-hmm. David, sorry, um, I'm trying to rush a little bit now. You mentioned night night vision goggles as, a, yeah. as an effective if, measure. If you, have, if you have patrols, if you have roadblocks, if you have the means to identify vehicles at a distance, mm. not when they're upon you, that would be very helpful. Ah, proactivity. And proactivity rather than reactivity. Correct. So... You, I said earlier that reactivity is all very well. And it's one thing having a reactive response to all of this. But one needs to be more proactive so that if you can see that there's activity going on, if you're able to deploy drones in the area, which is a relatively cheap way of doing things, um, then you've got a situation where you can focus on the actual crime area. You, you you need to be able to direct your resources when they are scarce towards areas where they're going to produce a result. And mm. thread, spreading them out thinly across the country is not going to do it. So you need you need a rapid response in a town like, like Kralingstadt mm. or like Balfour or like Heidelberg. You need a rapid response unit which is able to deploy within 15 to 10, 10 to 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, another thing that that we've not mentioned, but I'm I'm guessing it just you know fits neatly into this, is that probably all farmers should be in radio connectivity with one another. No, I did say that earlier on. There are much the the, the advent of of radio, cellular phones, mm-hmm. uh, co- connectivity is far far better than forty years ago. Yes. Uh, when you when you had to depend on citizen band radios and, and a lot of people had citizen band radios but the point about that is that connectivity is there are automatic devices you can put on your phone where you just push the button yes and and it will send out an emergency signal it's become very very sophisticated but that will that will immediately isolate the point of problem and then something can be done. The roads to that area can be rapidly sealed off mm. and you send in a SWAT team to arrest the people and, or to inquire what's going on. And of course, the very, the very obvious, the very obvious lobbying to get the government to prioritize farm attacks. Well, well, they seem to be remarkably resistant to that notion. Mm. Um, the, the MP Kola Barnard has been 
very, very, very vociferous in her calls for this. But she gets a deaf ear from Chelly. And and clearly his behavior the other day, I cannot tell you how disappointing that was. Yeah. I mean, though, as I've said before in this program, his behavior is no better than that of Jimmy Kruger at the death of Biko. Sure. No better at all. And the same and the same is true of Cyril Ramaphosa. He his his name will go down in infamy because he's refused to do something about it. And I'm telling you now that I believe that history will judge him harshly. Yeah, I agree with you. What do you think about uh giving special permission uh to farmers in the sense of uh military grade weapons such as automatic weapons? Well, you know, a few years ago, one of the reasons that you could get a fully automatic weapon is that if you were a farmer, and if you, particularly if you're on the border, okay. But but yes, it's not a bad idea. Look, a fully a fully automatic weapon is a bit of a pain. It's 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 what you want is semi-automatic weapons. They're far more useful. Uh, you don't want to empty your magazine in two trigger pulls. So what you really want is a weapon that you don't have to not you don't want a bolt action weapon. Um, and uh, there there are excellent weapons. I mean the 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 R five and its its family um, are excellent weapons for the purpose of of protection. Mm. But if you if you are dealing if you are dealing with a if you have a nine mil. Or a or a hunting rifle, you're at a distinct disadvantage if you're yes. dealing with seven men who come at you with AK-47s. Yes. Do so you when do you, even that playing field? I, I I'm being a bit whimsical, but do you think this might be overkill? <laughs> My goodness me, Jim. Yes, it might be. <laughs> Besides, with those, those those are expensive to shoot. They, they, <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I've kept it to to show yeah. that I have shot it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. What did they charge you for the round? I think two hundred and fifty bucks. Two hundred and fifty bucks. Goodness me! Yeah, no, no. That's a little, <laughs> little pricey. It knocked, it knocked, it knocked the coffee cups off the tables to my left and right. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I can understand. That. But look, uh, 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 an R five is easy. Mm. I mean, the country's awash with R fives. Yes. Uh, particularly, particularly. Uh, they have ended up in the hands of the criminals. I mean, the criminals are now very adept at stealing from police stations. Mm. Uh, and uh, the the amnesty, I mean, the last amnesty that they had produced uh, um, dishonest cops handing the weapons out to uh, the criminal element. And, of course, the murder the murder of Sharkinia is an indication yeah. of how deep that rot goes. And that's an indication there. And, by the way, it would have been the, it would have been the work of two hours on the part of Chelly to call his men together and say, I want the name of the person who called off the security detail on my desk before lunchtime today or else. But I haven't seen anything like that. Uh, there's uh, a former soldier in the comments. His name's uh, Chris Wyatt. Um, and uh, I know who he is because I've spoken to him a few times. And he, he spent a good few decades um, in Africa. Um, he's not a South African soldier. He's an American soldier. Uh, but he's he's very, very familiar with the uh, African continent. And, uh, he, I mean, sure, he's being he's being a bit, uh, a bit jovial. But he says, uh, hand the task over to me. Farm murders will end. But I think there's an interesting subtext there, uh, David, that I, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if military pat uh, patrols would actually be a fairly efficient um uh shall we say mitigation uh measure well well you know you say military patrols as though they were available and easily deployable sure i mean i i can remember that the the the, the geniuses who operated the Beaufort's gun at Bloemfontein managed to shoot mm. each other mm. not that long ago and the the amount of money to train and deploy uh, our military has diminished because it needs to be spent on on Mercedes Benzes and BMWs yeah. for for the the fat cats. Now the problem is that you really need to get back to putting into place what is needed to be put in place. 
you need to get your army back again. If you look, if you look at the people who are forming most of the army, they're not lean and mean. Most, no, most, no, of, them, most of them have been poured into their uniform, and somebody forgot to say when. They're overflowing their uniforms. Now, that's not a good fighting force. You need yeah. people who are trained, who know how to shoot, who know how to use the weapons, and who can be rapidly deployed. The, these these characters can't do that. Just out I, of, I mean, our, armies, our army is a laughing stock. No, it is. I agree with you. But just out of respect to Chris Wyatt, the soldier, let, let me just uh, get his, his uh, bio correct because he's uh, carried on here. He says here... 36 and a half years in the army, retired full colonel, 20 years in Africa. And then he goes on to say, and I, I, I find this quite fascinating. He says, mounted patrols. Um, and then in brackets, he says, buckies, horses, uh, drones, sensors. Um, but they, you know, these all need resources. But he says, not the defense force, which is what you said. Well, the d- defense force is not trained to do this kind of civilian work. Mm. Okay, the, the defense force, I mean, in terms in terms of our legal system, is designed to keep people out, um, and they would be well well deployed on the borders as they used to be. But I'm not sure that it's a good idea to deploy the defense force as we saw recently in Cape Town. Yes, in the terms, it wasn't a great idea to deploy them there. Um, but again, one's got to be very careful of getting the right resources, and and by the way. There's no reason at all why money should not be spent on the police force, beefing up their um, resources, providing vehicles. Horses, I don't think, are a good idea. You know, we, we it's not a great idea to be running around in the dark on a horse. And the horse itself, by the way, is too vulnerable. Mm. What you what you need is is uh, is properly trained and equipped vehicles. Yes, an interesting. Sorry, I'm interrupting you, but sorry, because uh, we are we are sort of over time. So I just want to quickly get in a few more comments here. Um, a very interesting comment here. It says farmers and rural people, such as p- the people who live in the area, um, should play a vital role um, in this sort of awareness. That's a that's a actually a very good point, David. Well, it's the point I made I made quite a while ago is that the people you want to be doing the patrols and doing mm. doing doing the on-the-ground stuff are people who have an intimate knowledge of every nook and cranny of the mm. area. Mm. So you want to know if there's a little road that goes through a, a drift here or there or the next place. You want somebody who knows where the, the, the connection road is to get onto a highway. Yeah. You want to be able to have people who know that area like the back of their hand. And, of course, the farmers... And and many of the people who work on the farms and who live in there, do they know that very well, and they would be ideal. But remember, they can't farm all day, and and patrol all night. They've got to have uh, got to have a bit of time off. And one needs to provide resources uh, and training for people uh, to do this. And and um, I mean, there was a little while ago when they they used the uh, the the people, the trackers from Southwest. Um, for tracking mm. down people like this, you know that might be a thought. Is you get professional trackers who can track down uh, the criminals. I know that this is v- <laughs> some of those guys are remarkable, by the way. No, for sure. Um, I saw a video recently, or not so recently, but it doesn't really matter. Um, I nevertheless saw a video of, and I guess it's fairly fringe, but it seems to be effective. Um, this farmer. Uh, raised uh, a couple lions and he, he literally keeps them on his property close to him uh, i think two i think it was one or two lions now it's, i know it's quite extreme but he says that uh he feels a hell of a lot safer <laughs> so so let's extend that and let's extend that and suggest that animals what about you know getting animals trained animals what about snakes hmm yeah. I mean, one can get as whimsical as he wants to. The point is that until you have proper resources, right. men and feet on the ground, people people who share your view. Yes. It's no good having your security people who don't share the same view of the future. 
You've got to have a, a community spirit which says that we're all in this together. Mm. We better do something about it. And quite frankly, I mean, I was brought up by a mother who did not have any qualms about uh, helping anybody. She made no bones about the fact that anybody who needed her help was uh, welcome to it. Yeah. Um, and that was in a day when apartheid was at its heyday. And and mom mom was a woman who had no color prejudices whatsoever. And and incidentally, I went I went to a I went to a school called St Martin's School for Boys, a minor penal colony in the south of Johannesburg, um, where the teachers were ultra liberal. Mm. I mean, Michael Stern went on to found, who was my headmaster, went on to found Waterford, which has produced enormously talented, uh, educated people. It's a multiracial school in Umbaban, mm. and not only not only that, but I mean St Martin's. Uh, Oliver Tambo went to St Martin's in the days when it was still St Peter's, um, and it was uh, it was uh, uh, Bishop Reeves was arrested there and deported. Um, so it was it was a very liberal school, and uh, uh, that might have nobody, been a problem. <laughs> Not at all. It was the it term was a liberal. Because, well, no, not at all. Because liberal, liberal has changed its meaning. You see, yes. Liberal, liberal in the classical sense of the word, uh, was a good thing. It's become a dirty word now. But certainly, certainly, there was there was no uh, qualms about accepting help from the uh, Leslie Stradling and people of that ilk in those days and the church who were very liberal, in inverted commas, and um, people who, who, who died for the cause. I mean, Dr. Agate is a, another man who did not have race as his issue, and yet he was brutally murdered by the apartheid regime. The, the, the people today in power forget the sacrifice made by everybody in that, in that respect. They forget those sacrifices. Let's let's end on one last note because as uh, people in the comments are or one or two have reminded me that your clock has uh, signaled <laughs> the the end of our conversation. <laughs> um, in all in all reality, right now, David, if you could suggest the first thing that should happen. Um, the first thing, and let's, um, as I said, being, be realistic. People should rise up and say to the government, this is unacceptable. And they need to inculcate in the government the political will to do something about it. They need to do it soon because we are running out of time. That's what needs to be done. The when there's no political will, Joe, nothing's going to happen. And Chelly has demonstrated rather spectacularly a lack of political will to do anything about it. Mm. Mm. And and one wants to ask what he's doing in government in the first place. He's getting a big salary. Yeah, but 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 why is he there? There was a there was a little misdemeanor about Rushibanga and him, where he was deemed unfit for purpose when he was a national commissioner. Yeah. So, how did that all go away and get blown under the carpet? Well, that's you know, a rabbit, it's all very, it's a rabbit very, hole for very, a different day. Yeah, this is true. David, right, thank you. Well, thank you so much. Uh, our, our viewers doubled th during the space of this conversation. So clearly, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was interesting. Um, clearly, there was nothing else on TV. No, clearly. Um, lots of comments. Um, I thank everybody for the comments. Um, and uh, thank everybody for watching. And David, thanks for joining me in uh, in your evening time. I, I'd like to say it was a pleasure, but it is it is uh, it is a litany of very sad things that we've it been is. talking about. And uh, we'll see you in a few days' just time, one David. Thing yes. One thing I'd like to say, please, if I may. Can can I just send my immense condolences to the people who've lost loved ones? Irrespective of color, race, creed. My, my condolences go out to the family of this poor boy who was murdered so brutally.
and to the other farmers and, and their workers and everybody else who's been brutally affected by these criminal acts. Well, I, I am trying to do my little bit in spreading ideas at least and getting people to think and I appreciate your help in this, David. Uh, we will chat again in a few days' time. I look forward sure. to it. Uh, thank you, everybody. My name is Jim. I, I want, oh, yes. If I may make a quick suggestion, <laughs> and your listeners can respond to this. I don't know whether you've seen in the last two days that there's a national and a new a Scientific American article out using the body to fight cancer and using immunological methods to fight cancer. Do you think that would be the topic for a discussion? Let's uh, let's let the comments roll, and we'll see after after this video. So, if you if you, if you don't mind, can I make my closing my closing comment? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> my name is Jim. This was Jim Warfare: The Battle of Ideas. <laughs>